You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Content warnings for this episode include fire, immolation, blood, fantasy violence, nightmares, visions, Complex and complicated relationships, body horror, flirting, romance, kissing, death of loved ones, grief, and references to child death. Arc 1, Episode 27. Mentor Help Me. From Self-Eulogy of a Martyr by Connie Chong. In the beginning, there was nothing. An inky expanse of black sprawls across reality, subsuming everything within its void embrace. There is no light, no life, no movement, no sound, no air, no heat, no love, no cold. There is only oblivion. In the beginning, there was everything. Color pierces the black, greens, blues, reds, golds, bright and swirling, strong and radiant, forming trees the size of buildings, trees the size of worlds, the size of hands, of books and telephone wires and paint and breath touched by fate. In the beginning, there was magic. The trees bristle in new-found wind. The wind carries the smell of new-found nectar, pollen, creserin. The creserin bears the building blocks of all life, vegetation, animals, mortals, leviathans, ancestors, magic. In the end, there was chaos. Fire. Red as blood, red as an X, engulfs this sea of trees. The story has three voices. As the flames erupt, three columns of ignition come into focus. The voices have infinite sound. Within these columns, we see flickering forms. First, the three precepts. Fate, whole and golden, a parhelion of light, uneclipsed, face framed by short, dark locks. Magic, every color at once, his hair bleeding into his clothes. Oblivion, the most beautiful face that's ever been birthed from perfect darkness. Then, the three scions. Abasi, proud and dependable, the strength of her father left to bloom Suhyon, waifish and brilliant, the lessons of their father persisting after death, Amurjan, determined and brave, the heart of their mother imprinted upon her own, and finally, 
The forms ensconced in flame change to three faces most familiar. Zynan Ash, eyes clouded with grief bent over, cradling a figure already turned to dust Lumira, young and old, all at once torn between time, one foot in a past she can never recover, and you, Sayer, staring back at yourself, your eyes as red as blood. The path of love is smoke and thorn. You watch as Zynan's silhouette flickers and transforms back into Amargen. Lumira's silhouette flickers and transforms into Sing. You remain. The three of you are ablaze. The fire consumes your body, your mind, your soul. The path of hate is all reborn. As the fire climbs higher and higher, you watch as Sing, ablaze, chooses to embrace Amargen. The fire leaps from the scion's shoulders to the chosen one, and your sister burns and burns and burns until nothing is left but ash. No! From beginning, the end. From end, beginning. You will know the burning path when you see it, chosen. You will know her end. Sayer, you are not the only person witnessing your nightmare, your omen of what is to come and what shall certainly pass. A pair of eyes floats in the ash that flickers past your fire-swallowed form. You do not see these eyes, but they see you. They are washed out, pale, watery, old. They belong to the Baron. In the waking world, the Baron stands astride his ship, gazing up at the scions of the Wild Sea and three quarters of Strike Team Nova. His thin, wrinkled mouth is pulled into a humorless smile, and his pale skin blends in with the fluttering ash left in the wake of the Leviathan. Strike Team Nova. No need to look alarmed. Our goals are aligned. We all seek to achieve what's best for the Wild Sea. The Verdancy is in a dire state. I am here to help set things right. Nova and Scions, how do you respond? Armageddon just looks at the Baron and looks at the Strike Team Nova, apparently, and says, Interesting. Most interesting. How do you know our name? I hold up a finger at the Baron. I'm more curious why I don't. You never asked. <laughs> a conversation for another time, I suppose. We have a guest right now. Princess Amergen, your hospitality and advocacy is always appreciated. Hospitality is an interesting word. You are on my mother's ship, are you not? Where have you been? Anyway. Welcome aboard, Baron. I apologize. My apologies, Baron. 
Continue. That dry, humorless smile only expands as all of you bicker a little. He continues. Princess, when the time comes that you need me, that this world needs me, I will be there. I have carried my gifts through generations, just as you have. It's nearly time now. Lead us to salvation, princess. Be our guide, as your ancestor was for you. Of course, my friend. You, at least, I know where I stand. Shall I come aboard, or follow behind on my sailing ship? Bring your ship along, just in case. And I look at Nova, just in case. Very well. Your wish is my command, Sion. And the Baron bows deep, touching his head almost to his knees, his pale robes fluttering outward like a fallen dove's wings. And then he straightens and turns, and his ship gutters and cuts through the bare branches and roots of the sea around him to follow Storm Chaser from behind. And as soon as the Baron is out of earshot and eyeshot, there's a noise, a swirl of color popping into existence in the middle of Strike Team Nova is the Oracle. Omergen, a strange object, creature, thing, materializes. It looks like a glittering iridescent seed pod. And it speaks with every syllable. It's lights flare as though that's how it talks. Mission update. The missing princesses have been found. You have a new objective, Strike Team Nova. Restore the heart of the Verdancy and protect Tianmu, the wild tree. Lumira reaches deep into her pocket and pulls out a little ball berry and just drops it directly in the middle of the oracle. Oh, I'm... Thank you, Lumira. Next time, try to eat it with a little more tact. We have company. No! And the oracle vanishes. Suhyon leans into you, Amarjin, leaning down. Well... So much for keeping the fact that we're heading toward the World Tree a secret. I didn't tell that thing. Yes, I have many questions about these people traveling with us. See what you can find out, Suhyun. Ah, sending me to scout amongst the people for whom I once scouted. Is this what it is called when you are a triple agent? Well, maybe. Um, I think of it more as double agent because you are on my side, correct? I don't think there should be sides between us. I think Strike Team Nova and the Scions are working toward the same goal. The Baron insists that he's working toward the same goal as the two of us, but against that, I disagree. I like Lumira and Zainan and Seir and Singh. I think they are trustworthy. And I think the sooner that you come to that conclusion as well, Armorjin, the better off all of us will be. Perhaps, but I don't like things being kept from me. Hmm. And then the last hour, supposedly, five people who now all claim to want to help me have been keeping something. To be fair, you have also been keeping things from them and from us, but I digress. And Abasi, as soon as the Baron kind of vanishes into the mists beyond, let's out a, <clears throat> I can go man the steering wheel and get Storm Chaser up and running again. We should probably get going. Any talk that we should talk should happen while the ship's moving. Of course. 
and I'm keeping my eye on you two in particular. And Abasi looks between Origin and Lumira. Play nice. No. Damn it. Yeah, I won't make any promises. <laughs> Double damn it. Uh, and Abasi turns and goes off toward the wheel. And on that, Storm Chaser continues eastward. Time passes. Afternoon turns to evening. The overcast sky dims. A chill, bloodless light settles over the churning roots and bare branches of the old-growth wood from the twin moons above. Stormchaser hauls its voltaic runners over desperate climbs and sudden choppy drops, Abasi's steady hand on the wheel guiding the ship as best she can. We pan down through the floorboards, past a gap of broadwood and spiderwebs and dusty copper wiring, to find the engine room. The Leviathan's heart beats in powerful, convulsive movements, filling this chamber with organic heat. Upon a table, we find an unconscious but alive seer. Lumira. You bustle about this engine room, tending to your teammate-slash-friend-slash-maybe-could-have-been-something-but-not-right-now. How are you treating Sayer's condition? Sayer's condition is the utmost priority to Lumira at this point in time. All pretenses, all facades, fronts that she carries while she is in this engine room are completely dropped and it is nothing but pure concern, fear, and something else, but she's not really wanting to touch on it right now. It's, if you imagine a a surgeon that just got a patient that finds out that it is someone that they care about. That is Lumira at this moment. She is tending to his vitals every hour. She's coming in, checking his breathing, making sure that their heart is still beating, that they're not needing anything, that they're not showing any signs of pain. It is what she has been called to do, but it is pressed with this urgency behind it that she can't really put her finger on the reasoning as to why. She assumes it's just because this is her teammate and we can't get this happening. We can't get this project done without it. That's her right now. If you say so, Lumira. As you continue taking care of Sayer, you notice something odd. Despite falling like a comet through the deck of Storm Chaser, Sayer is unharmed. No, not even unharmed. He's actively being healed by something, and it's not you. Old wounds from the Raya look like they've been seared shut, and the strength humming behind Sayer's soul feels more lively than even before they fell. They're unconscious, but not wounded. Sayer, you may clear all of your tracks. You don't say that and then tell them to clear their fucking tracks right after something like that, Connie? I am the god king of this campaign. I do what I want. As you come to this conclusion, Lumira, 
your eyes falling on that uncanny serpent tattoo. You sense someone approaching the closed, reinforced doors of the engine room. Armagen, how do you announce your arrival? You hear Armagen singing? She's singing about, like, ghosts and ancestors or something. And I think she doesn't announce, she just, like, is walking and, like, singing and humming a tune of some kind. I think when she, when I am, like, right outside the door, I'm just, like, I'm coming in. I think Lumira was, right as you said that, kind of, like, had her hand interlaced between Sayers and was, like, rubbing across the top of his knuckles. And then as soon as you say, I'm coming in, she drops his hand and stands up and starts to, like, go about the room in... Lumira fashion is the only way I could describe it as. Um, I'm not interrupting. Still unconscious, correct? As of right now, yes. And from the fall, right? From what I can tell? How do you know this is down here? What do you mean, how do I know? Did you miss the part where it was my mother's ship? Have you been paying attention? Fair enough. And Lumira goes off and walks, I guess, like around Sayer, acting as if she's like checking bandages for wounds she knows that is not there. And like pushes his hair back off of his forehead. Is he gonna be okay? From what I can tell so far, yes, he's unconscious, but still alive. It doesn't look like he's taken. And she like makes a show of like, lifting up his arm as if a doctor would to, like, look underneath it. Doesn't look like he's taken any damage, really, by the fall or anything else of the fact. Can I help you? Well, I mean, I was coming down here to have a chat, but you're here so I can have a chat with you instead, I guess. Bold of you to assume that I would want to chat. And Lumira immediately goes back to just... There's some things on the side of the table that she starts grinding into a poultice, like herbs in that case, and trying to put it into a jar. You can pretend to be busy if you want, but that means I can still talk. I just come, like, over to wherever you're working and, like, am in personal bubble space. What is your problem? Hmm. Well, I showed up at my mother's ship to help save people who were on my mother's ship, And within 20 minutes of meeting them, they said that I was foolish, uh, selfish, and didn't know what was going on. Well, aren't we making things about ourselves, princess? No one said anything of the like. What we said was the company you were keeping at the time was questionable at best. Mm, Perhaps you didn't say it, but you thought it rather loudly. I did not say it. So therefore, any inference that you make on me and my team were there of your own machinations, correct? Well, I mean, I am the princess in the heart of the Wild Sea, so I have a lot of machinations to worry about. Hmm. Interesting. I understand you don't like the Baron or Igni, but I find it hard to believe you can't think that there can be more than one side to a person. There have always been multiple sides to individuals, Amarjan. That is something that I've known and have learned 
wholeheartedly since a child. However, that does not absolve one of the pain and trauma they caused, now does it? I never said it did. I simply stated earlier that Igni had been very kind to me. And because of that, I wasn't ready to go in with nothing but revenge and wanting blood on my hands. You seem to think that wasn't the right option, which is fair. You can have your own opinion. But I don't understand why we can't try to figure out what the fuck is going on. We can always try to figure out what is going on, princess. That's not the problem. What the problem is, is that it happened. And how can we go about making sure that it doesn't happen again? There are many ways to do that that don't involve hurting anybody. I think it's too late for that now, is it? You could be right, but... My mother taught me it's always best to explore all options before turning to violence. We are, we being scions, very dangerous people, if that is the option we pick. We have to be sure. And if I'm not sure, then that's not what I'm going to do. I'll give an example. I don't know what you're up to. You're a strike team called Nova. You have a glowing seed pod that gives you mission updates. I don't know what that's about, but until I do, I'm not going to jump to any conclusions that you mean me any harm. I'm sure that's something you appreciate. Lumira rolls that over in her mouth a bit. Because, fair. That's accurate. Mm. Touche, Amarjan. I... Hmm. Abasi asked me to do something. And... Because of that, I will. We got off on a pretty bad foot. And we may get off on a bad foot again, but I'd like to try again. So it's Abasi that triggered this olive branch. Yes. Not your own machinations. No, I, um, first impressions and all that. But if someone I love and wants and trust thinks I need to reconsider, then I reconsider. And Lumira steps back after that, splits her focus between the unconscious Sayer and looking out towards the door. To who? Maybe it's not obvious, but... Well... Since we are offering olive branches, let me offer you one. One that... (sighs) And she kind of steps back a little bit, sticks her hands into her pockets, fidgeting with something. I will admit, maybe I am a bit one-tracked when it comes to things that I feel that need to be done. However, you talk about the bigger picture as if it means more than the individuals in which it so affects. And she reaches up and like kind of scratches the middle of her her hair, which already seemed kind of wild, is made even bigger by this gesture. My home was destroyed. There is nothing. But it started with a garden. I remember 
big, beautiful trees and glimmering lakes. But then that garden grew to something, and that something burned to nothing. So forgive me if I am not as lenient in the destruction of homelands as the rest of my team may seem to be. I do what I do now in spite, to reckon, and most importantly, undo whatever it is that I could. Hmm. I take my hair down. I take, like, the clasp out of my hair. May I? And I, like, hold it for you to take it as my hair falls down. Thank you. And Lumera will grab and bunch all of her hair up into her oh, head and just like clip <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Well, I was trying to show you something, but that's mm, okay. I'm sorry. Um, and she'll take it out and give it back. On the inside of that clasp is every single town, spit, civilization, queendom that is known for the Wild Sea. My mother gave it to me so I don't forget what my role is. And my role is to keep every single one of those places going. If I fail, if I fall, if I die, if I don't complete what I came out here to do, that will happen. It is not a maybe, it won't be a garden, there will be no retry, there will be nothing else to do. So you tell me I can't trust the bear and I can't trust Igni. I can understand that, but these people already know what I'm here to do. They already have been following me, they've been helping me, They may not know exactly where to go because I was leading them, but they would eventually find us. They'd eventually find me again. And then we don't know where they are. We don't know what to do. We don't know their plan. If the Baron is right behind our ship, one of us at all times will know where he is. There's no surprise attack. There's no assassination. There's no suddenly boat being destroyed. He's right there. And I point towards like where the Baron ship would be outside of our boat. I am sorry that that happened to you, but I have to be pragmatic and make sure it doesn't happen here, too. And the only way I can do that is to do what I need to do. And anyone that gets in the way of that is a threat to me. And I look at Sayer. Lumira will sidestep that and step in between your gaze of Sayer, so you are staring directly at her. But... You said this to the right person. You see Lumira drops all pretenses, all defensive, the wall. There's still a wall there, but the standoffish vibe that she was giving prior to is gone. Well, we all know the sacrifices that are made for knowledge and change. That we can agree on. That we can. You can keep that. You can keep it. Uh, I have another one. It's beautiful. Thank you. Get us off on a better foot, I suppose. But, hmm. May I say something rather frank? Please. Now I'm intrigued. The way you look at this one, and you said there's sibling above deck? Is there something going on? Lumira's smugness goes from like, hmm, to eyes just wide as saucers. 
is there like history? Did you date one and now you're dating the other? Uh, or mm. I mean, they're unconscious. He's, he's unconscious. He said we're friends. I ah, like me and Abbas, your nemesis. Mm. Lumira kind of walks from Sayer's right side around Amrjin, all that makes loop around the room to the other side, but still ends up on the left side of Sayer and just kind of like looks out over at the door. Um, Am I right then? I met them both when I was a child. Mm. After everything. And we've been friends ever since. And she looks down to Sayer, but looks up again towards the door. Permission to speak freely, should you accept this time. And she winks. This time, yes. Mm. I would have told you anyway if you said no. I know. This thing's different. Hmm. I felt lost and not seen for a while. Sing always saw me, and I saw her. I'll give you some advice. Really? Yeah. Well, one, you should speak your mind. Two, I hope that Sing is not as emotionally constipated as my nemesis. I think that might be me. Well, then, if you say something, it sounds like things will get going, then. Mmm, that's a lot. Imagine we work together. I don't know if you noticed, me and Abasi are fated to help save the world together. And y'all are the worst kept secret in all of the wildy. Oh, it's no. I told Abasi that I loved her when we were like 16 years old. And she still acts like this. I said emotionally constipated. Oh, fate save her. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. It's something I say amongst my friends, an inside joke. You... And Amajin kind of stops and, like, has been caught in a moment. Wait, you said something earlier. Your home was destroyed? Where where did you live? My mother didn't tell me about any place being sent to ruin. I genuinely don't remember. I was so young. Well, I'm sorry for that. And I, if you allow, Amajin, like, takes your hands. Yeah, that's fine. When we are done here, wherever it was, I'll make it my top priority to make sure it's rebuilt. Just as you remember it. Lumira steals herself. Her eyes get glassy, but she refuses to let anything fall from them. Thank you. Of course. But I meant what I said. Don't be stubborn about Sing. If you feel certain what you have to say, it. you don't know how much time you have. You know what? You're right. I know. Life is only the time that we have and are aware of. Yeah. I will. And her eyes get big again and she takes a deep breath like, huh. Yeah. Um, well, I have to check on them. Excuse me. And she'll go beeline back over to Sayer, just like, Again, checking vitals, pulses, anything but anything that's been happening at this point in time. Just like, I need a distraction. 
Armagen takes the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the polite, I'm done talking now, <laughs> and literally goes over to, like, the, wherever the closest wall to get to the heart is, and you hear her start talking to the wall. Are you physically inside the engine room? If you're there, then it's mm-hmm. right there in front of you. There's no wall. It's just a massive exposed heart. Yeah. I go over, I'm, I'm like talking to the heart as if I'm like talking to a friend. Um, yeah. wait, I need, I, I need something. I need to roll something. I, I need, I need some type of, I need a perception check, something, something. Let me get a, let me get a, a, a sh- Can let I get, get an extra a, large? Uh, let me get a sharps roll with a, a, a hot study. How about, how about this, Lumira? As your hands are going over Sayer and you're trying to distract yourself and you sense movement and you hear whispers of Aubergin communing with this heart, talking to it, you pan your eyes over, you see her talking. And with every thrum of the beating of this Leviathan's vital organ, instead of hearing what Aubergin's saying, you just hear one name repeated in your head, the name that dropped from Amarjan's lips, the name that's been in your head since the banquet, since you met her, since before you were born. Sing, sing, sing. You have to go, Lumira. This feels right. You have to go to her. What do you do? Lumira will place Sayer's hand that she was holding back across his chest and pat it gently one more time making sure that they're okay um excuse me she will say like over her shoulder to Amarjan and make a beeline outside to go find Sing as Lumira bolts out of the engine room Sayer you begin to stir in earnest And as Lumira rushes out of this room, every step propelled by a feeling you can't contain, we pan up the stairs, across Storm Chaser, and hold on Zynan. Zynan, where on this ship do we find you and sing, and what are the two of you doing? Ever since we started moving again, Zynan has not taken his eyes off of the Baron's very strange ship mission and has just kind of, instead of taking a watch all the way around, that's the watch he is keeping. And I think that he went through the painstaking explanation of, like, you don't let your strongest enemy out of your sight to sing. Mm. Sing is listening to your lessons, holding them in earnest, a hand on the hilt of her longsword. As we push in on this conversation with the two of you, what's the last piece of advice that's coming out of your mouth? You see the, uh, the trajectory. It's like we're in a drift in a river and we're just cutting a path, making it easier for them. Make him think that he's in charge. Make him think that he's in charge. I think I understand. Artemis's lessons about hunting never really stuck with me the same way they stuck with Sayer. Ugh. And she gets a look on her face that's been plaguing her ever since the banquet, whenever she mentions Sayer. You gotta be kinder to yourself. You'll get there. I... Uh, I know, I just... Uh, Zynan, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to internalize your lesson, I really am, and it's important, but I... So much is on my mind. Amarjan's finally here, the Scions are finally reunited, and seeing that moment of reunion was just... 
It felt right. The three of them standing together, holding each other, hugging each other, even having that little sidebar away from us. They looked so happy and strong, all three of them standing abreast. And all of our journeys across the Wild Sea, ever since we started this May Day mission, seeing these communities across the Verdant Sea coming together, the Queen of Siren Song, the people of the Raya, all these various spits and settlements across the Verdant Sea, I just... There's so much inside of me that's coming to a point, and I'm a little scared to let it out. Do you know what that point is? It's about him. Zion, and it's always about him. It's Seir. I told Lumira earlier that I don't just want to be Fate's chosen one. I want Seir and I to be the chosen two. And this isn't some new conclusion I'm just coming to just now out of nowhere. I think I... Zainan, I think I've always felt this way. Deep down, I know I'm better with Seir, and Seir's better with me. We are better together. We came into the journey as a pair for a reason. Fate doesn't make mistakes. If anything, the mistake I've made was letting other people turn me away from my brother. And I, I feel guilty and I feel bad for listening to those who talked down on him, even to any degree. I never truly believed them, but I didn't always stand up for Sayer as much as I could have. It's hard to stand up against trans, against fate. <laughs> Look at you. And Zynan genuinely smiles. It's warm and relieved. You don't even need my advice. <laughs> that is very wise of you. And you just knew. I'm proud of you, kiddo. Uh, thanks. Uh, dad-o. <laughs> A very tentative shy expression comes over Singh's face, an expression you've never seen before. She's always so confident, so buoyant, and even when she makes jokes, it's with this kind of self-assuredness. But this is the first time Singh has ever referred to you as a dad in any way, shape, or form, and you see a kind of tentative shyness on her face, a desire to claim that kind of love between the two of you. And you know in this moment that she's trying to step into the courage of being able to claim that kind of connection between you. Zynan, at first he laughs, very light, and then it stops like someone slammed on the brakes, and the word rolls around in his head like a marble circling a drain, and he can feel that centrifugal force begin to tighten and tighten and tighten inside of him. And then he thinks about why he said what he said, that pride... He meant it. And a crack forms. The motion stops. And he feels like tectonic plates moving. And he reaches an arm around Sing's back and just gives her a little pat. A warm, paternal pat. And he smiles again. Hunting's not for everybody, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Y you and me. And what you said earlier, it's not true that I don't need you, Zynan. I, I do need you. 
you're the only reason that I, I feel like, I feel equipped to step into this truth that I've always known. I have always known it, but I've never, I've never had the, the you, <laughs> I guess, to stand next to and feel confident about stepping forward. I, uh, that means a lot, coming from you, not just because you're the chosen one. <laughs> when Artemis paired us together, I thought, honestly, I thought they were just trying to antagonize me a little, but I think they were right. I wasn't, I've never been a mentor like this before, <laughs> and... I thought I was out of my depth, but you've made it really easy. Thanks, Zynan. I also find that hard to believe. I mean, you are what people think of when they say LSSG. <laughs> you know, like the mentor, the spokesperson for that group. Yeah, but that's, it's different when you're actually out, when you're in the field. I'm an agent on the strike team because this is what I care about. Action. It's always been much clearer to me. Yeah. Me too. And I think I know what I want now with Sayer. I I want him to also step into his fullest self, not behind me, not in my shadow or away from me doing his own thing. I want him to step into his fullest self next to me as equals, and friends, and siblings. I hope, for everyone's sake, that you get to do that happily. Thanks, Ainan. And, uh, for what it's worth, you know, these conversations we've had, and your, your guidance, and your helping me, and all that, I have noticed, well, you know, back in the Raya, when you went off to help King Maswu, you were the one who was able to get through to him, and that's always stuck with me. That not even his spouses, not even a bossy, but you. Zainan, there is something really special about you, too. The way you're able to get through to people by showing who you really are. And I feel really honored that I've gotten to see even a little bit of that. That, um, heaviness that you carry. But I do see the action you take. I see that you fight for Nova. I see that you fight for me, for Lumira, for Seir, for trans. And I hope that you're able to say what you need to say to the people that you love too. That, um... And Zynan tends to not speak unless he knows what he's gonna say. And he stumbles. And he looks out not really looking at the ship this time, just to catch himself, because he feels suddenly like he's falling thousands of feet. But again, he hears her voice. The only thing that pulled him back from sinking when they were down with the ghosts, where he always is. And he looks back to sing. Maswu, um... Uh... Never want him to experience what what I know. And Sing breathes in, sees 
that open wound you've tried so hard and have gotten so good at concealing, sees it circling, that drain sees it for a moment cracked on your face. When she exhales, her breath is gentle and soft. That's very kind of you, Zynan. And I also know that, try as we might, when fate's will comes to pass, fate's will comes to pass, and sometimes people leave us, that's just a part of the journey. But that burden, that heaviness, I think is perhaps easier to carry when it's shared. At LSSG, it's all about finding ways to step forward. Very often from the worst thing that could happen to anyone. I was barely alive when I came to trans because I, I was the worst version of what could have happened to Maswu. Not a king, the only thing worth having. Not taken by fate or time. I fight because oblivion took my daughter, my whole world. And Zynan crumbles apart. All the cracks the scars that hold him together and he leans against the railing and runs his hand over his face smearing the green marks that he wears every day that's why I'm grateful to work with you Sing change Sing is looking at you with wide pink eyes You've never revealed this to her. You've only revealed this to a select few, fewer people than the fingers on your left hand. Sing blinks, her eyes filling with tears. She reaches out and places a hand on your back, the same place where you patted her, reassuringly. Zion and I, I had no idea. I, I hope that her memory is a blessing. Doxa, her name. Doxa. And hearing Sing say it, feeling her hand on his back, Zynan just finally lets out a very heavy, silent sob. Relief. Sing holds you, literally and in every other sense of the word. In that moment, as you let out a cry of relief, as you hear your daughter's name fall from the lips of the chosen one, it doesn't take the pain away, but it does make it easier to hold when she's there sharing in it with you. And they let you cry. They let you take that silence. They let you take that space. And when the time feels right, Sing says, Zainan, when we get back to trans, if you're okay with it, I would, uh, I would love to learn more about Doxa. What she was like, if you want to, whenever you're ready. I'm, I'm here for you. It would be my pleasure. And Sing blinks. She doesn't weep or sob, but tears do fall from her eyes and trickle down her face, but she is smiling. 
Thank you for telling me, Zyman. I'm honored. Thank you for sharing a little bit of the load. Uh, I, I don't talk about her because it's like walking in all the dust of a world that I'll never have back. But working with you, with all of Nova, executing her will, it helps. Good. And I, I know she's gone. And whoever Oblivion takes, we all know they can't come back. But you're still here, Zynan. Look at you. You're still here. I'm still here. Sayer is still here. Lumira is still here. We're all still here and we're fighting. And we remember. And as long as we're here and we remember, they never truly go away. Ever. I carry all of them everywhere I go. Forever. And I would be honored to carry them with you one day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and she quickly wipes at the tears going down her cheeks. <sighs> well, uh, wow. I think, Zion, and I think I have to talk to my brother. This is it. We're going to be at the world tree in Precept's nose. How short of a time, and I have to talk to Sayer. I have to talk to Lumira. Don't let time get away from you. Get out of here. Right, yeah. Be right back, pops. Alright, Sprout. And she gives a smile, sheaths the last of her longsword, turns, and with that cape-like beautiful white mane, dashes across the deck toward the engine room. As she leaves, one of her cherry blossoms flows behind her, and Zynan just scoops it up, and for all of the tears and the disheveled state that he's now in, he holds it and smiles very fondly. As your fingers go over that soft, fragrant, faded cherry blossom petal, we pan back below the broad wood slat to find the engine room. Lumira has run off, leaving Amergen alone with the original person she came down here to meet, Sayer. Sayer, you are awake. You have been awake for a few moments now, certainly long enough to catch the tail end of the princess's conversation with Lumira. And now you find yourself alone in a room with an unfamiliar scion. A silence has spread briefly between the two of you after Lumira leaves. Which one of you breaks it? So how long have you been awake? Mm. So your grunts, gets up, and his shoulder is hunched forward as it looks like he's resting with a physical and emotional discomfort. There's a hand that claws over to where his tattoo is, that deep black ink that you've seen before, with his lying body unconscious upon the table. And he grips at it and he presses it, massaging it as if there's a bruise or an ache. 
that's coiling underneath there, and he looks up at you, and you see them mismatched eyes, arterial and crimson on one, and dark piercing blue on the other, but the blue side catches you. A heartbeat. Maybe more. Hmm. So, Armageddon is like fully leaning like by the heart and like gives, I uh, get up off the wall and start walking towards Seer. I hear that you have been burning some of my forest. Seer looks up at you, meets your gaze. I have, and I'm sorry. It is my responsibility. Hmm. And I hold it. Good. I start to like walk around you very much in an intimidating way, like walking around, going into blind spots. He chuckles a little bit and says, I can feel you just reading me just like your mother does. Good. You should know what's happening. Is there something you'd like to say? I don't dance with pretense. <laughs> There's a lot I would like to say, but my new friend the mirror, I think, would not like it if I said all of it. You can say it. I'm told you have an explosive power you can't control, but you are, what was the words? Getting a hang of it. I like to think so. Hmm. Where's this going? Well, this is going here. If you do anything to hurt me, the Scions, the Wild Sea, or our final destination, I will make sure you're no longer a problem myself. Something happens. The crimson arterial eye, the one that, as you look at it more, looks like blood has risen to the surface of his iris, dissipates like blood being seeped away from a wound. And you see blue emerge once again. And you see the mismatched eyes for a moment, for a few heartbeats dissipate. And you see his actual eyes. And Sayer looks at you, Armagen, your whole self, and cocks his head curiously. Fire is dangerous. Fire is doom, violent. But so are Leviathans. Leviathans are violent, dangerous, a power not to be trifled with. I wonder, Princess, if people know what you actually are, if they would look at you the same way they look at me. I walk up to you. What are you saying? I'm saying the fire touches many, even your curiosity. I am here for my strike team. I'm here for the Scions. I protected Abasi's home. I will protect the Wild Sea. Good. And Sayer, in that moment, as you look at Amarjan dropping that half-veiled threat, that half-done implication, you feel something curl up the side of your neck. A tattoo, a snake, an omen, a voice. And that voice whispers in your ear. Oh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know who she is, where she came from. You can use this little omen. Punish her for her insolence. And the snake goes back down. 
you look at me, and as he's saying this next sentence, the blood seeps back into that eye once more, driving out the blue. You look at me like an arrow ready to be leashed to pierce upon the hearts of others, but you don't even know who you are. I know what I am. I know my power, I know my destruction, but do you? Do you know who you are in your full entirety, Princess? What you're capable of? Maybe I'm not the only danger that walks upon the boards of the ship. I remind you who ship you're on and to watch your fucking tone. Sayer leans forward, and I will remind you that I was the one present when the Raya nearly was turned to ash. You weren't there, princess. No. Where were you when Abasi needed you? I was elsewhere, you're right. That doesn't give you the right to disrespect me on my mother's ship. Sayer looks at the Leviathan heart, beating. Perhaps. But it is not I that came upon a man who was unconscious and had decided he was already guilty before he had a chance to stir. Oh, you can thank your friends for telling me what you did. I had no thoughts on you until I was told. And then I heard about your issues with this explosive power. You clearly have something going on with your rage. And I like gesture at my eye. Whatever darkness is eating at you, keep it in check. Okay? Whatever you say, princess. Whatever you say. Good job. And he looks back at a Leviathan heart once more. And there's a moment, I think you see the black hair upon his head, raises for a moment and imbued by the static that's inherent in this room. And he gets up from the table, sighs for a moment, and he's like, with your leave, princess. And he will start marching forward to exit the engine room. The discomfort, the writhing, like claws tearing up his insides, raging even more. Seer, is it? He stops. I don't know what it is. Honestly, Zion has been great, but you and Lumira, we have gotten off on the wrong foot. Abasi's going to have something to say about it. But let me say this in the most neutral way I can. I really did mean it. Whatever darkness is eating at you that you are clutching to that's causing whatever this is about, you need to get it under control. Because you just threatened the princess you came to save aboard her own ship for asking what is up with you randomly catching things on fire. That doesn't seem like control to me. Thank you. There's something that softens in his shoulders when you say her name, Lumiras, like a psalm upon a weary soul. You see this man turn around and look at you with that blue eye, and he says, I'll do what I came here for, princess, for you, for the wild sea. For the ones I love. As you were, then... Turns around. Keeps moving. As Sayer moves down the hallway and the door shuts, Amarjan, 
we hold on to you for a beat as you're left alone in this engine room with this massive heart strung up with copper wiring, exuding a graviturgic presence, even though the Leviathan it belonged to has long since gone. And something inside you thrums along with this heart, your own heart beating in synchronicity with the engine. You think about what Sayer said to you about you not knowing your own power, the true context of who you are. As you look back at this organ, you feel in your heart that bright, urgent feeling that tugged you eastward to each of the trials, humming warmly like golden sunlight within your soul. Alongside the pulsing of this heart, you feel connected with it. It feels like someone you once knew but forgot about, and it also feels like you're looking at yourself, and it also feels like your mother. It feels like so many different familiar, comforting, ancestral things at once. And Amarjan alone in this room, what do you say to this heart? I walk over to it, and I stretch a hand out, and I let the latent electrical power I have, like, dance across my fingers. Sister, I'm very confused. And you feel that electricity shoot out from the heart, like a spark of it jolts out like a hand reaching out to interweave its fingers with yours in a comforting gesture. And as the electricity spiderwebs and tickles its way up your left hand and down into your heart, you feel that beat with the jolting of the engine and you see a flash of storm. You hear just a, a brief memory of a gale and rain pounding against thrashing emerald leaves, the smell of ozone and lightning. And when you open your eyes again, you're back in this engine room, grounded. And you know there is much your mother has not told you about who you are and where you truly came from. Amrigen. First, sis, thank you to the heart. I always called you sister as a term of endearment. I apologize. Uh, I have to find a bossy. We push out of the engine room, down the hall, and up the ladder to find Lumira, mid-climb, surfacing out onto the deck, just as Sing rushes over. There is a kind of confused, joyful, surprised, embarrassed moment as the two of you literally run into each other. Oh, excuse me. Uh, and Sing quickly draws to a halt, seeing you, and reaches a hand down without hesitation to help you up onto the deck all the way. Lumira grabs onto Sing's hand, and it stays there holding on to her hand longer than it would be needed for her to be able to actually pull herself up off of the ground. Uh, um, my apologies. I actually was looking for you. Sorry. So was I. Oh. What a coincidence. So, um. So, um. I had a. You go first. I ha had a very interesting conversation and it put a lot of things into perspective. Really? Yeah. Because I, I also had a really interesting conversation and it also put a lot of things into perspective about you. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to go first or I can go first or? And Lumira stands there stock still for a second, 
Her palms, again, are clammy, and she's trying to find words and and clamor before she finally just goes, forget it, and will wrap Sing in her arms and kiss her. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Charles, Cora Eckert, Chiacres, Lex Slater, Scruffisus, Hat, Alex, Mark J, Lyle and Peanut, Spencer, Brooke in Seattle, Derek Davidson, Phil, Jordan, Cassidy, Rose, and Harry Curran. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds!